When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's Thursday, April 8th, and at the time of this recording, we are three weeks away from the 2021 NFL Draft. It's also Roquan Smith's birthday, so happy birthday, Roquan. So, Nick, only 21 days between now and the NFL Draft. I'm sure you're excited, just like I am, and I'm very excited that since we're kind of in that weird middle ground between NFL free agency and the upcoming draft. It's really a good time, almost the perfect time to do something that we haven't done in a while. And that's dedicating an entire episode to answering questions from our listeners with a pre-draft mailbag. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's been a while. So it's good to hear from the fans, see what they're thinking, what kind of questions. There's always a lot when it comes to the Chicago Bears. So it is that perfect middle ground to just answer some of those questions and see what we're really thinking about. I know that's what our fans like to hear. And yeah. And like you said, three weeks away, Will, I'm, I'm ready for it to be here. Cause there's just so much speculation. Oh, this guy's not going to be there. This guy's not going to be there all this, but yeah, three weeks away. Can't come soon enough. All right. We're almost there. We're almost there. Of course, I'm your host, Holdewitt. You just heard from Nicholas Moriano, who is my co-host and Nick. Uh, I know we have a great slate of questions here in front of us. I want to thank everyone uh, in advance who uh, did submit their question here for the show. Very excited to get to those. Uh, Before we do, Nick, I saw yesterday on Twitter that you were starting to come aboard a little bit with my wide receiver from last week's mock draft episode. Do you want to tell me more about it? (laughs) Speaking of more, I was showing that to my girlfriend. Just how many times Will loves to use the dad jokes. I'm like, if you ever listen to a Chicago Audible podcast, There'll be one on there. You usually see me making a face or have the gift response that I do, but she had a laugh out of it. But I am coming around to your guy, Elijah Moore. He is a playmaker, and if he's available, I'd be all right with the Bears taking that. See, I'm glad. It didn't take you long uh, to get on the right side, although it's weird. I feel like every grade for a prospect that I had last week has totally been reshuffled, no matter who I'm looking at this week, like Elijah Moore, second or third round pick. Last week, everyone's saying he's going into first. It's crazy. Um, but that is the season we're in. The players go up and down. It's like the stock market out there. But, Nick, I'm excited uh, to get into these questions. Uh, before we do as well, any other things you want to talk about? I know you uh, got fully vaccinated here earlier this afternoon. So that's uh, I know that's big news for you. My first shot is on Monday afternoon. So I'm excited myself. Yeah, so and this was such a quick process, too. The last time I got the first first vaccine shot, it took about two hours to get 
this I was in and out within maybe 10 minutes and you have to wait 15 minutes after you get the shot, but it's a quick process. And just one other thing, if you're watching the podcast and I've been talking about the green screen, here it is. Well, obviously it's not green, but there's a nice virtual kind of background behind me. So it's cool that we finally got this going and it looks really nice, but I'm just glad that finally uh, you can, you could see it rather than me just talk about it constantly, but it's back there and it looks pretty cool. Doesn't it? Oh boy. And then there's that. Yes. And if, if you follow the Chicago Audible on Instagram, you can see what we kind of do before the show starts, which is a fun little exercise as well. But yeah, that's that's what it can look like. And Will has all the controls over there to make that kind of happen. Yep. Fade level is 69, by the way. Uh, so remember that for the future. Nice. It's not 70. It's not 68. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, that's where we're at. <laughs> I wish I could make that up, but I, I didn't. That's that's where the number kind of sat. Which is- it's an easy one to remember, but... Nice. I still wrote it down because we're going to need to know this for our future. But with all this aside, Nick, uh, for me, real quick, life updates. Work's going well. Uh, other than that, uh, really good things happening behind the scenes. We'll probably talk about that here on the show eventually, but today is not that day. So with that said, and I wanted to use my catchphrase I've been using like forever, let's get to some Bears questions. Let's do it. All right. First one I have here is from Martin. He wants to know what is your outlook on the bears for the future. Are we looking at a potential rebuild within the next season or two, or is there enough young talent on the bears to keep them competitive for the near future? This one out of all the questions is actually a really great one to start things off because for me, it was one of the hardest ones that I was thinking through throughout the day. Uh, At one point I was like, no, we can be competitive for a while. We have some young pieces at every position. And I listed them out, like on offense, not quarterback, of course, but offensive line, you have Daniels and White here. Running back, Montgomery Cohen. Wide receiver, A. Robin Mooney. Tight end, Komet. And then defense, Nichols. Mack, he's not young, but he still has some good football in front of him. Roquan, Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson at safety. And I was like, oh, I don't know if that's enough. Like Actually, when you think about it and you list it out. So at first I was thinking, sure, we can be competitive for a while. There's enough young talent here, enough building blocks. And then I listed them, and the list came up a little bit shorter uh, than I thought it would be. Uh, I still have some thoughts here I wanted to share, but I did want to kind of hand over the floor to you just to kind of get your perspective when you're kind of thinking through this question throughout our day. Yeah, I think it's really going to depend how this 2021 NFL season goes. If it's a now would be not eight and eight, but eight and nine because of the extra game, you're obviously looking probably being out of the playoffs and everyone and top management will be gone i think people will get fired if that happens and there is you got you hear that there's brady barking sorry about that but i think what what i really did find out which was interesting well is that the bears are actually the second oldest team in terms of total snap weighted age and i'll explain that's according to football outsiders that calculates a team's age not by just at just by averaging the ages of the players on the roster but by the weighting the age of each player by the number of snaps they played. So you can have old people that don't even play, so that really doesn't factor in. But the actual people that are on the field, the Bears are the second oldest. Their offense is the 20th oldest, so that's not too bad. But defense will. They're the second oldest defense out there in terms of snaps on the field. So when you're mentioning some of the players that are younger, yes, they do have those. But when you look at collectively – the Bears are an old team, and the offense obviously isn't the strength of this team, but that's where some of the younger players are. So when reading this question, I'm like, wait, they do have young playmakers, but collectively they are a little bit on the older side. And depending what happens in 2021, 
I think you can see a rebuild obviously coming right after that season, but maybe with, you know, how the bears are constructed, they could be competitive this year, give buy some time for pace and Nagy. Then maybe they're not going into that rebuild mode as soon as maybe some fans are thinking they will be. When you have your metric with age, is it the entire roster on that side of the ball or is it just starters? It's the people that in terms of their snaps on the field. So it doesn't necessarily have to be starters. It can be whoever fills in and collectively for a season. That's how I think the the metric works. Jimmy Graham, Andy Dalton, and Nick Foles must heavily skew that Bears offensive uh, age though a little bit. Well, so, it, but that's, I, it's weird because the offense is not, not as old as the defense. So, true. which is, and you just mentioned all well, Robert the, you Quinn, know, you know, I, the grandpa over there, he doesn't help. <laughs> true. But, you know, I think I want to see what this metric looks like after the 2021 season where now Andy Dalton is a part, like actually playing snaps for the bears offense and things like that. But yeah, it was just an interesting thing to look at because the bears, obviously they need to, they need to draft well so they can bring that, that age down and have, people that can actually play in their first season, but it could very well be a rebuild mode if the Bears have a bad 2021 NFL season. And it's not even the output on the field, at least when I'm looking at this question. It really depends on some of these free agent signings that we've had that you and I think could have potential of being here for at least a few seasons on both sides of the ball, as well as how good or bad Ryan Pace drafts this year. Because if he botches this draft class, we're in trouble. Or if he doesn't invest in some key positions like offensive tackle next season, even though there's going to be more money to spend, we're going to be in a bind. So it's really going to be interesting, uh, at least for me, uh, taking the wins and losses aside, just to see how this bears team approaches filling these holes for this season versus. And unfortunately uh, I think we're getting to a stage where Ryan Pace doesn't have a lot of this, or maybe the luxury of having this, but some foresight for the future to get some building blocks, not for 2021, but 2022 and beyond, because he did a good job of taking an old team and totally rebuilding it once, but now can he do it with himself, with his nose, you know, right up in the mess, right into the problem that he created? Can he do it? And does he have the luxury to do it? And those are two questions I don't have the answers to that I do believe give us a good indicator of real answers for this first question that we had, but I think they're really in a middle spot. And I think you're saying around the same things where 2021 is like a pendulum and which way is it going to swing for the future? I think we're in wait and see mode. I think so too. I think the thing is too, the bears were supposed to be on schedule for 2019 and 2020 to be really big years for them because obviously I think 2018, the record wise came a little early 12 and four after having a five and 11 season the year before. And 2018 was, you know, maybe a little premature of what was actually to, supposed to happen. But in 2019, 2020, I bet you if you would have looked at the metric, the Bears would have been, you know, pretty good in terms of age and where they wanted to be. But it just didn't end up going in their favor. And that's why they're in the spot that they are right now. I would love to. I know some people are drawing those parallels, as I mentioned, about the age and being one of the older teams in the NFL. It's very similar to how Wind Pace walked in the door. I wonder how the age, though, compares to what it was previously, because I just feel like the NFL as a whole has gotten younger. So even though they're an older team, I still think, and again, I need to go back to check the data to find out that they are still technically younger, because uh, I felt like the Bears' average age was getting close to 30-ish when Pace came in. And I still believe, I don't know if you have the number in front of you, but I thought it was like 28, 29. 
Yeah, so the offense average age is 27 and a half years old. Defense, ironically, is also 27 and a half, but they're the second oldest unit. Then you have special teams at 27.2. So, All right, see, 28. I rounded up. Uh, that's where I got my number from. Uh, we'll just move on to the next question here. It comes from OD Bears. Maybe it's Odd Bears. That makes more sense to me. In our opinions, what would we consider a reach when it comes to quarterback in this draft? Obviously, if any of the top five golfs fall, any of the top five guys fall to number twenty, uh, Jones, Fields, or Lance, too, you take them. That's not a re- uh, a reach. There's no questions asked. Uh, but in terms of at least me personally trading up, I'm skeptical of trading into the top five. Uh, really, for any of the remaining players outside the top two that seem pretty set in stone, uh, to me the price may be too high. Uh, the draft pick may not be a a, a quote reach. Um, but for all the capital, the Bears would have to give up potentially um i'll kind of hold some other thoughts but i did want to get nick uh you an opportunity to chime in here as well yeah and i just took this kind of generally i think if you would ask most people looking at what the 49ers are maybe potentially going to do at number three drafting mac jones i I would think most people would think that is a reach just considering his athletic ability lack of movement outside the pocket the arm strength those aren't max strengths and but he processes so well and he's a leader can run the offense that you know, the 49ers think, let's go get him at number three if that's what ends up happening. So I would think most people would think that may be a reach. But um, other than that, like, I agree with you. If it's not, you know, Lawrence or, or Wilson and then whoever the 49ers take a three, like, are you going to move up and give, what, three first-round draft picks to go to number four for Atlanta's pick? Like, that's, you know, it's a steep, steep hill to climb. And I know we have other questions pertaining to the draft, so I don't want to go into it too much detail but even like a guy like mac jones at number three overall and i you know like that that could be considered a reach and if the bears had an opportunity to draft him at 20 like yeah that you're all for it but at at number three it almost seems like it could be a little too much but if it's for the right player for the right system and kyle shanahan believes that then you go ahead and do it what about at pick number 20 though because for me if it's not one of the top five guys in this draft class i wouldn't do it uh, guys like mills from stanford trask from florida and mond if they're sitting there in the first round which they should be at 20 uh, i think that would be considered a reach if the bears went in any of those directions in the first round if they stayed put yeah i i agree with that and you know the guy that and i'll give you credit to goodwill mond is a guy that i've watched so i was watching a lot of tape of him will and credit to you but I I could see – so it would not surprise me. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It would not surprise me if he were to get jumped up in the first round. Maybe that's crazy. That's a hot take. I don't know. But that – I just seeing how – what he's capable of and just all the traits that he has, that's a first-round quarterback. And so if he gets drafted, you know, on day one, I told you so. But – I, you know, I think he will be a day two pick, but that's the one guy out of those three that you mentioned, Mills, Trask, and Mond. If there's one that could potentially sneak it to the first round, I'm going to put my money on Mond being that guy. And then real quickly, I think second round makes sense to at least bring up for me. I do believe talent-wise, when you're looking at all the talent in this year's draft class, I still say the three guys I just mentioned in Mills, Trask, and Mond, at 52, I would still call it a reach in terms of the talent. Uh, when you're looking at some of the other uh, prospects that should be on the board around there. Um, but this is a premium position. Uh, so if the Bears felt like they had to get one of these guys, if they really felt they would have maybe traded back in the first and got them, or if they just know they won't be there in the third and this is their only opportunity, it may be a slight reach, but it'd be one that I would I would accept more than trading into the top five. 
I, I agree with that. And I think that's where if the Bears are going to draft the quarterback, look at that second round draft pick being possibly where they kind of do it because it's like you said, it's just so much to move up. You have to be within the first five picks almost to get eight. What are those top five? It could be, you know, four quarterbacks, four picks. It really realistically could be that. So the Bears aren't willing to get into the top five, then you're missing out on one of the top, you know, top five quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. And heck, picking in the top five and getting, you know, sloppy thirds or fourths, it just, it still doesn't even really do anything for me at this stage. Uh, again, you're rolling your dice on any, every one of these guys as well. Uh, so you're just hoping for the best. And if you're going to roll the dice, and I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself because of some of those similar questions, it's probably why it's fresh in my mind. Uh, so I'll bite my tongue. It just, again, it's to me, that's her big reach in terms of everything you'd have to give up just to have that pick in general. Let's move on to the next question. Speaking of trades and what you're going to do here, Mason West, our good friend Mason, his question, you're Ryan Pace, and you get simultaneous calls from the Falcons and Seahawks. Atlanta wants next two firsts in 21, a 21 third, a 22 second. Seattle wants your next three first rounders, a 2021 third pick, a third round pick, I should say, Akeem Hicks and Andy Dalton. And if you trade with Atlanta... We're going to draft Justin Fields. If you go to Seattle, of course, you're getting Russell Wilson. So if you had to choose, this is like an ultimatum. Do you go for Wilson or do you go for Fields? Before we each explain why, I want to know the who. Who are you going with first? I'm going I'm going Russell Wilson. I'm going Russell Wilson as well. So we don't need to debate this. We can explain why. Uh, for me, I can say it in one word, even though I have about two paragraphs listed here in notes. It's a guarantee. You know what you're getting in Russell Wilson. Fields, like I said with all the other prospects, you're rolling the dice, you're playing craps, and you're hoping for the best. And if I was going to give up as much capital as the Bears would have to give to make either of these moves, I'm going to go with the surefire thing in Russell Wilson. Simple as that. Well, that was a lot of what my notes were saying. And apparently the Bears already offered three first-round draft picks, a 2021 third-rounder, and two starters for Russell Wilson. So if they're calling on draft day and I'm Ryan Pace and I pick up that phone, you know, what I'm going to do, Will, I'm going to make sure my hair looks really good for the photographers, the video team, so I can remember that moment when I save my ass as a GM and also the Bears organization because I just traded for Russell Wilson. So, it, look, that's the big thing here. Justin Fields, I think he's going to be a great quarterback. But do I trust the Bears and this coaching staff to make him a great quarterback to mold him to be that guy absolutely not we've seen what they've done with different positions the quarterback position itself they haven't been able to do that give me the proven top three quarterback in the league and let him come to this offense and do his thing you don't have to worry about molding him into to be that guy he's already that guy so that's what it, it would be for me it's it's not even really a question but it's a great question by mason but I think it's an easy answer because you take Russell Wilson, get the known commodity and end it there, hang up the phone and just take the pictures and, you know, get ready for and Just remember that moment. If you bring in Wilson, if you had the choice here, your offense is 10 times better from the moment you hang up the phone or from the moment you say yes. And then with fields, you have no idea what that's going to do, whether it be this year, next year and beyond. And yeah, it's, if I'm going to give up multiple first-round picks, you better believe if I had a choice, I, I would choose Russell Wilson over any of these rookies. 
Yeah, I mean, that's how it should be, too. And, like, the thing is, with Justin Fields, you don't know if he got better right right then and there. I think eventually, maybe, if you see him, like, uh, develop and things like that, then you can potentially see it. And maybe for Ryan Pace, Manic, it does, you know, prolong their careers in Chicago because, hey, we need to see this play out. But, you know, give me Russell Wilson. I think Aaron Rodgers, the rest of the division, like, okay. The Chicago's finally got a quarterback it's going to be a little tougher than it has been in years past. So that would be, I think that would be fun in itself. I think Bears fans would just know we can compete for the division. We can compete for so much more if we have Russell Wilson. Yep. And Justin Fields, you don't, most likely you don't have that out of the gate. I'm not going to rule excited. it out completely. You're excited. And the future is you're tantalized again as a fan because you're, maybe you buy in a little bit more, but not nearly as much as you would uh, for number three out there in Seattle. All right, moving on to the next one. We got red shirt, I'll say wheel. Uh, will Ryan Pace try to move up to the Falcon spot in the draft? We kind of talked about this a little bit here. To me, will he try? Maybe. He may call and look into it. I expect he's going to keep every option available. Uh, every time someone's on the board, he's going to see what he can maybe do here. If he has conviction or at this stage of his career, more desperation for a guy, he may just do it. Uh, so will he? Uh, will he try? I think he will at least give it a hard thought. Uh, I think it's a hundred percent on the table. Everything is uh, this off season. Uh, so I'm going to say yes. What about you, Nick? Yeah. And he, he, he has to, I think you have to at least inquire to see what the Falcons are asking for. If it's a three first round draft pick a 20, you know, 22 second round, like all like a, just a max max deal kind of trade. Like that's maybe too much for Ryan Page, but he has to look into it. That's his job, just to see what they're kind of looking for. And I bet, honestly, the Bears were one of those teams that called the Falcons. I know it was reported that there were teams that were looking into it. I'm willing to bet the Bears were there. I don't know that for sure, but it would just make sense, right? A QB needy team, potential to move into the top five of the, of the this draft and potentially get one of the best, better quarterbacks in this draft class. Yeah, it just it, the, connect the dots. It probably was, but I just think it's too steep of a price, like we've been talking about here to get a rookie quarterback and, you know, not the other way around if a Russell Wilson would be available. For sure, man. Let's move on. To the next question comes from Lee. Uh, he wants to know if the Bears, uh, if, say, the first three picks in the draft were quarterbacks, so quarterback, 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 do we believe it would be worth potentially trading back from pick number 20 to later on the first round to get more picks? Uh, he also mentioned that the offensive line talent's pretty stacked this year. Can't disagree. So maybe we move into the 26 to 32 range uh, and then get an extra second or a third round pick as well. Love the question, and I'm glad we're looking in the opposite direction in terms of moving in this draft because I think that one, to me, is a little bit more enticing. Obviously, it can't just be the first three picks. You need to take the entire board into an equation when you're making the move like that. If you have a group of you know, five to ten guys that you would be comfortable with picking at number 20 and you can move six spots back, you just do a little bit of a math exercise and you'll know you'll still be able to get one of your players as well as picking up an extra pick. And if the Bears can move down a few picks and gain an additional day two selection, I love it. You can still find a day one starter in the first round, and we haven't had a first round pick in forever, so I'm not going to be greedy and need the 20th overall, so why not get some return on it and turn it into into two? I know we have holes all across the board uh, that would benefit from that additional selection, so to me, I would love to say that that could be a potential option to trade back, remain in the first round, pick up uh, hopefully a second 
more than likely maybe a third round pick in return in addition. What about you, Nick? What are your thoughts about potentially trading back from 20? If that's an option, you find a good trade partner, I'm all for it because the Bears have actually been, and you can go to Over the Cap and Jason underscore OTC for Over the Cap, actually had an article come out about teams that have actually had good rookie production in the last couple of years. And the Bears are actually one of the top teams of having rookies play on the field for a good number of snaps. But the only thing, they just don't have enough picks to do so. They're one of the teams with the fewest number of picks, but have had a bunch of production out of the guys that they have selected. So if you're Ryan Pace and there's an option where, hey, you don't want to overdraft because the top two tackles are out there and you're at 20 and you think you can find a tackle later in the draft or in that second round and still get something back for it and find another receiver or something like that. Well, I think that's a good idea because this Bears team it isn't just lacking a quarterback, people. It's a right tackle. You can get a center. You can get a wide receiver. There's a nickel corner, a, another starting corner opposite jail. There's so many. So if you have an opportunity to move back, but still capable to be, you know, still get a top 50 pick would be ideal. And so you can just plug in those holes. Ryan Pace has shown that the people that they have drafted have actually produced on the field. They just need more picks to do so. So if you want to check that out, just look up Jason underscore OTC. And it's um, the it's just expected draft um, expected drafted player snaps over rookie years. Look that up. The Bears are one of the top ones at getting rookies to actually play. They just need more picks. Yeah, we do a lot of a lot of losing picks here over the past few seasons here for the Bears. Next question comes from Raymond. He wants to know very similar stuff here, um, but I think it's worth hitting one more time. Do we believe the Bears should trade away picks to move up or keep picks and address the many holes they have? I'd keep every pick you got, maybe try to find a way to turn it into more. I think this kind of brings every question that we've already answered into one big bubble here. Uh, I can't, again, imagine risking everything to move up just to roll the dice because we talked about that cusp year we're at, right? The rebuild versus maybe not having to completely rebuild. If you trade up and you get rid of two to three first rounds in your future and you miss on that quarterback, A, Ryan Pace is gone before those three years are up, and B, you're, you're, we're delaying uh, another rebuild by uh, a ton just because you're going to be losing all that draft capital. So it's hurting us today. It's hurting us tomorrow. So for me, I wouldn't make that move. I would rather keep the picks that they have, if not find a way to gain more. Nick? Yeah, well, I didn't um, give you the heads up on this one. So that's actually Ramon Cervantes. That's actually my uncle who commented on the question You know, there. I thought I think you- if it was an E at the end, I would have said Ramon. I really debated how I wanted to pronounce it. So this is Nick's uncle. That's tremendous. That's cool. And, and we call him Peachy anyway. So it, it all works Peachy? out, but... This is Peachy. Yes, this is the the famous Peachy. Um, So I I literally wrote an article kind of pertaining to this question, what the Bears should do with the 20th pick and like whether or not they should move up. I'm all for the Bears staying at 20 because I think there are going to be potential guys that fall to that spot that can upgrade and help the Bears. Unless you're moving up for a quarterback, I don't see the reason to move up to give future draft capital to potentially get Ryan Pace's guy. Look, he, he's had four draft picks in the first round since he's been here. Three of them are no longer here, with Roquan Smith being the only guy. And two of those other guys, he moved up to get Leonard Floyd and Mitch Trubisky. And we know how that kind of played out here in Chicago. So I think with Ryan Pace, he just needs to be more open-minded of who could be potentially be there at pick 20. 
and take the best player available kind of how he approaches it. But if you have, I think, more of a, an open mind to taking multiple guys, then there's maybe a less likelihood of them being a bust, this ever-growing list that he al- already has here in the first round. So I'm all for not trading picks to move up. If it's not a quarterback, I, I'm not for it. But let's see what happens. Who falls to number 20? Um, Daniel Jeremiah just had a mock draft come out today. And if you read my article in the Chicago Audible, the guys that I mentioned in there, only one of them in his mock draft was gone. And that was – it. It was uh, Devontae Smith from Alabama. Everybody else, he actually had Greg Newsom being the guy the Bears selected. So, and I, I, I think I mentioned five guys in there or six total guys. So, look, maybe Ryan Pace has he does have the opportunity to pick from a bunch of capable players that can help the Bears. I'm all for them staying at twenty and not trading up. Thanks, PT. <laughs> Thanks, PT. Yep. All right. Next up, we have a question from Seth. He wants to know who is our favorite quarterback outside of round one that the Bears have a shot at drafting and. What is the latest round that they can find a quarterback that could possibly make a difference in the future? Good question. Well, I think I tipped my hat a little, my hand a little bit last week with Mond uh, being my favorite. Uh, I think round three is the absolute latest. So you can potentially find him. Although between last week when we recorded and now, and as you just mentioned, Nick Mond can potentially go round one, uh, late round one. So. That's someone who I like as my favorite. Uh, Trask maybe is my second favorite outside of the round one options. Um, And then if you're looking even later in the draft as guys who, and again, the key word here, Nick, is possibly make a difference. Uh, Ian Book out of Notre Dame. Uh, Sam uh, Ellinger uh, from Texas as well. But again, you can't count on them. Uh, They're real big just projects in general. But if you're looking at potential, keyword possible, difference makers in the future or those are just some of the names on my radar with mine being my favorite yeah and it's so hard to determine what's the latest round like tom brady we all know. know where he was drafted and what he's actually become like maybe it's a guy like jamie newman um from wake forest like a fifth or sixth round draft pick can he become something i don't know i can't tell you that i don't think most nfl teams can really tell you that right now i know when i saw him at the senior bowl he was very hit or miss very sporadic so it's like I, I can't give you any indication of whether that a guy like that can actually become something. But like Will, I really liked watching more and more tape of Kellen Mond. I know that that puts a big smile on your face there. Well, I watched so I watched Davis Mills first before I started going deep dive into Kellen Mond. And there were a lot of things that I liked. But what concerns me and why I don't think the Bears would do it. He's similar to Trubisky, not having the college experience, the one year starting. And then I just saw a lot of the inconsistencies down the field when, when throwing the ball, I'm like, man, is this just going to give the bears flashbacks? Like, Oh, well we had a quarterback that couldn't hit, you know, downfield throws and didn't have very many starts in college. And are we even going to be here to see this guy on the field when, you know, a year from now. So I just don't, I don't see it being that with Davis mills. But when I, like I said, when I watch Kellen Mond, it's just a strong arm, can deliver an accurate pass when people are in his face, scans the entire field, athletic, he's an anticipation thrower. Like, it, you know, I was just watching and smiling and then kind of like grinning, like, man, Will like this guy so much. So I have to give him credit <laughs> on the next show. So, yeah, that's a guy that I really like outside of round one for, for quarterbacks that the Bears could potentially have a shot at. And something I've learned a little bit more about Mond since we did the mock draft, and again, that's why we do those exercises, um, but I came across some stuff this week. His supporting cast wasn't good 
last year compared to what he's had in previous seasons, and yet he is still able to excel uh, to a pretty high mark. So that's what I like. Uh, you do want quarterbacks that can kind of elevate the level of the guys around him. I've said that pl- plenty of times here on this podcast before. I'll say it again. So that's someone uh, who I think can do that. Uh, so that's another reason why I like Mond. And uh, real quickly, and Ellinger uh, as well, just watching some of him in preparation for this show. Uh, he also has a very strong arm. I think he threw a ball like 70 yards some odd uh, in one of his pro days or just one of his workouts. It was like on Instagram, one of the stories. Um, and then just watching some of his film, able to put the ball in tight windows. Uh, isn't a true dual threat, but he can do stuff with his legs to make uh, defenses uh, keep him honest. Uh, so he's just someone, if you're looking at like a late round, eh, throw a pick at it, see what happens kind of guy, uh, that would be someone that I would be uh, highly considering if I was Ryan Pace, if that's the plan. Up next, question comes from Jeff, and he wants to know, who are the third-round quarterback prospects we should be excited about? And from that, Nick, I don't know. Do we have anything more to say? I just wanted to make sure first. I feel like we've we've hit it pretty pretty good on this on this position so far. Yeah, like maybe a guy, I don't even know if he's third, you know, maybe day three. I'll just give you day three, not even round three, but like Felipe Franks, he was a guy that I also saw at, at the Senior Bowl a little bit. But, yeah, there, it doesn't get too enticing with some of these guys, because I think most of them, like you mentioned, like an Ian book projects, guys that you're going to, maybe they're backups and that's all they end up being. And I could be completely wrong. Someone can, you know, break out and be the next, you know, Tom Brady, who knows, you never know, but it's just, I'm not too interested really. But if you are going to do like a Sam Ellinger, like, okay, it's one of their, what, four, six round draft picks. Sure. Why not? Let it be one of the quarterbacks. If the bears are going to draft, a late round quarterback, let it be with one of those six round draft picks because you have one, you have like, you know, four too many already. Yep. All right, moving on. Next question comes from Bobby. He wants to know what strategy do we believe Nagy and Pace will implement to try to stay in Chicago another year, whether that be trading up for a franchise quarterback, building the offense around Dalton to reach the playoffs, or drafting a later quarterback in this draft to develop the rookie, which can also maybe extend some of their life here in Chicago. And then Brandon had a very similar question, not our old Brandon, Brandon Taylor. I want to know, would we rather see the Bears build around Dalton or focus on finding that future quarterback in this draft? I think those are a lot of great questions, all kind of compressed into one jumbo question. So when it comes to strategies and Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy staying and just building around Dalton versus finding the next guy, I, I think ideally they're trying to do a little bit of both here this year um, but if you had to uh, put your two cents in what you believe the strategy is I'd love to hear it I think what the Bears will end up doing is a little bit of both but it's not so much building around Andy Dalton I think the Bears are building up a team so whatever quarterback comes in they could be hopefully successful so if you draft a a right tackle uh, obviously that's going to help Andy Dalton in 2021 but for the next quarterback, too, if Tevin Jenkins is that guy, that's also helping him out. So I think what their approach should be for the Bears, if they're not going to trade up in the top five to get a quarterback, you get players that fill many of those positions that I was talking about way earlier in the podcast that they really need right now. So you're building it up to help Dalton, yes, but really it's to help any quarterback. And let's say round two, they do end up drafting a Kellen Mond or something of that nature. Then you're, you're addressing both of them. You're... You're building around, you're building around Andy Dalton air quotes, and you're also addressing the quarterback position for the future. And then you see what you could do with that round three pick. But I think it is a little of both. But I feel the best bet 
take best player available that that can help this team right now, that's going to be your best bet to maybe ensure that these two guys, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, can have another year in Chicago. By the way, Mondo from Bears Fit says, what's up in the chat? Oh, oh okay. I'm going to have to – I always see him. So, Armando, I'll see you next time. Maybe tonight. Oh, it's a date. All right. (laughs) (laughs) A date at Bears Fit is everything that you need there, Nick. For me, though, I don't think I have anything to add on that one. I think, like I said, ideally you find a way to do a little bit of both. Uh, Getting people around, the supporting cast around this year to help the offense the best you can, but also if you have a chance on a guy that you like, go get it, but don't trade into the top five. That's not the chance I'm talking about. All right, uh, let's see. Up Next question comes from uh, Michael. Uh, he wants to, anything not quarterback-related, so I thought it was perfect to put it right here in the order of questions. Uh, afterwards, there's this impact of 17 games. Are the Bears, as old some reports say? So we talked about the Bears' age already, so let's focus on 17 games. We haven't really had that discussion yet, and I think it's warranted. We could have had probably an entire episode discussing this. Uh, when I look at it, it seems like the players believe it's going to pay a toll on them. I also believe uh, they feel like if they're going to play an extra game, their contract should be adjusted as such. And I think that's where some of that gripe kind of comes to. Um, but in terms of the regular season games, I don't think it's going to really impact the quality of play. Playoff teams already play at least 17 games once they reach into that first round of the playoffs. Uh, teams on top of that, too, they want to win every game possible. So where I'm looking at the impact of 17 games as if teams are locking up playoff spots early, what does that do for a week 17 versus a week 18 now in a regular season? Will teams give their you know franchise quarterbacks a week or two off to get them fully rested for the playoffs instead of one? It's that rest versus rust risk reward, and I'd be really interested to see how that can kind of change some of that rest uh, mentality uh, that sometimes you'll see over there in the NFL as well. And then on top of that as well, when you look at quality of play, Nick, at least my thought would be if we're going to see it suffer. Unfortunately, and this is where things will get interesting, maybe it happens in the playoffs because there could be a long stretch of uh, getting into game 18, game 19, and then game 20 before a team or a couple teams make it all the way to the Super Bowl, which does have that built-in buy before it. So maybe those championship games, that's when guys really start to feel that 17-game season, I just don't think it's going to really happen in the regular season in terms of like a huge impact where you're going to see like guys uh, sitting their franchise quarterbacks or their top stars and just giving them like extra rest weeks. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think that will happen. But what I think could potentially be a factor with this extra game is maybe more injuries. I mean, look, that's another game that you have to play, and they didn't add another bye week. That wasn't one of the things in, in this new new schedule. It's an 18-week season with now 17 games, so I think you could potentially see more of these injuries, and they are, finally, they're they're limiting the preseason, which should have been done long, long time ago, but they, they did do that. Uh, I don't know if it was by two games or one, but now adding this extra game and not adding an extra bye week I'm really curious to see if we see some just more players go down. You look, there's going to be guys that go down each and every single week for every single team, but does that become more frequent? And we still got to see what this offseason training program is going to look like. Is it going to be virtual? Is it going to be in person? And now if it's if it's virtual and it's an 18-week season, regular season, let's see how it all plays out with the in terms of the health of what these guys are going to have. Like, it's great for fans. Look. 
Um, we get an extra game of football. I uh, mean, for Bears fans, why in the season be over? It's not so great. And the Bears can't go eight and eight anymore, people. So they can't say that anymore. And, you know, you know, keep their uh, have pride in that. Like, it's going to be eight and nine now. So but I want to see if injuries kind of ramp up because of this extra game. And uh, that'll just be interesting. That's something I'll be watching throughout the season. I'm a little frustrated. I like the evenness of the four quarter season. Four games, four games, four games, four games. There you go. That's quarters, not thirds. <laughs> so to me, that's a little sad just because now it's like, yeah, but four quarters. I, I guess the 18th game or 18th game, the 17th game, the 18th week is now overtime. If you want to call it, if you're looking at how it works out. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's injuries is a good one as well. That'd be a good question. Next time we have Mason on the show to kind of talk to him about uh, what he can see uh, as a potential impact as well. So I, I jotted that down in my notes. So that's a really cool, good one there, Nick. Moving on to our next question. It comes from Scotty. Uh, he wants to know about uh, Zavin. That's how I pronounce this guy's first name. Collins, uh, one of the better inside linebackers in this draft class. Uh, he wants to know, uh, that could that be a potential pick for the Bears in the first round? Mentioned, you know, uh, Danny Trevathan, Iggy, Christian Jones, all opposite of Roquam is a little weak, which we know that. We know Trevathan's not the player he once was. Iggy's not developing like the Bears thought he would. And Christian Jones is back for a second stint. And then Josh Woods, he wasn't mentioned in the questions, but I'll throw his name out there uh, as well. What's your thoughts? I think there are bigger needs out there. I understand that this is a need. And I also said earlier we need to have some foresight to, to kind of fill some holes for the future. Uh, I just don't think the first round at inside linebacker, uh, which is the position we drafted the last time we had a first-round pick, to me it's not such a pressing need, even maybe in 2022, that I would invest the first-round pick in it right now. I agree with that. I think if, look, Zayvon Collins I think is going to be a really good football player. But if that's the pick, day one at pick 20, Bears fans will lose it because they'll be angry with the pick. I already know that. And it, he hasn't done, obviously, anything for the Bears yet, or it could be a, an all-pro like Roquan Smith, but Bears fans would lose it. And I think that would be the consensus, because that does not address an immediate need. Someone like if there's, I'll mention his name, we got Tevin Jenkins at right tackle, or you know, wide receiver that could potentially help. And if you draft David Collins to add on and make, look, the Bears can make do with who they have at inside linebacker and Roquan Smith. Dan Trevathan in combination of the other guys if he gets injured they can make do with that but if you draft him ooh, I, Twitter is not going to be a fun place that, that's all I know we'll be live obviously you know breaking down the pick but that would be the consensus no doubt and I don't care how good he becomes or what ends up happening that's what I know would be the reaction if they got a inside linebacker at pick number 20. You're not wrong <laughs> I th- there will be anarchy in the streets Around the world, because Bears fans were global. Uh, so wherever we're at, we'll be throwing ourselves probably a little tantrum uh, if that did happen. Um, but yeah, again, just looking, we have holes on offense we need to fill. We're down two starters on defense still. Uh, safety and nickel corner that we don't know what we're doing yet. Uh, so for me, inside linebacker, although the talent's great, and I can understand the need for the future, and I did say earlier in this episode, we need to start thinking ahead. This may be a little too far ahead, and I don't think the value is just there, considering the other opportunities that the Bears have across this roster. All right, moving on to our next question comes from Shadow, which I saw in the chat. Uh, Shadow's always great to see you. Uh, you want to know what corners do you think the Bears could still be targeting, and do you think a replacement for Charles Leno Jr. is still possible? 
And then a third question, and it's okay to have three questions here, Shadow. You've been you know, a moderator for us for some time, so I'm okay uh, with taking some time to talk about your questions. Do we still see Anthony Miller being traded? And I think the last couple of days uh, kind of shed some light on that situation. Uh, but, Nick, I'll go ahead and let you begin. Uh, corners, Leno Duner replacement, Anthony Miller. Yeah, so corners, I think if you would have asked me about the Bears potentially drafting corner in the first round, I would have said absolutely not. No way the Bears should do that. But I've come to the idea that if the right guy is there, like I, I mentioned Greg Newsom the second mm-hmm. earlier in this podcast, like that would be a homegrown kid coming in. And I think he can play some nickel corner to start off and then transition once Desmond Trufant is done with his one-year contract here. That's someone that fills a hole and will fill a, a hole on this roster down the line opposite Jalen Johnson. So that's a guy that like we both talked about in our first mock draft, Will, being a nickel corner. Elijah Molden is another guy from Washington who would be an immediate starter. But maybe some under-the-radar corners that the Bears could be potentially looking at. Darren Hall, San Diego State, 5'11", 188. He's also a – he graduated with a degree in journalism, so I like him already. But showed up in the Senior Bowl, has some good press man skills – Maybe some of the Bears could be looking at it. And then Thomas Graham Jr. was a guy that really impressed me from Oregon when I was at the Senior Bowl as well and just very productive in his ball skills and just being very sticky. Again, that mm-hmm. word comes up when on a Bears podcast. But, yeah, there's some guys that, you know, I was looking at some earlier, obviously, in the draft and some later. Uh, and then they, I forget, there's three questions. Sorry. I, hold on. I can um, talk corners first. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, yes. we, can, we can go topic by topic here. That way we're not all over the place. Uh, you didn't mention Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, uh, who's another guy who I like a lot. That's someone that you can potentially trade down later into the first and still snag. Uh, so that could be a potential guy on their radar. And then you mentioned guys later in the draft. I like Robert uh, Rochelle from Central Arkansas. Ryan Bates likes the small school kids. And then uh, I'm going to say uh, Ombry Thomas, uh, A-M-B-R-Y. I don't get paid to pronounce his name yet or at all, uh, but he's out of Michigan. Uh, guys have great ball skills. Both of them do strong athletic ability. And I think they can be coached up to be starters in this league. So those are just some guys uh, early as well as later to mid in the draft that I would potentially see on this bears roster or radar, maybe the roster uh, and then potential replacement for Charles Leno jr. So possible. I'm curious your thoughts on this, considering you're really high in Tevin Jenkins, who I believe projects as a right tackle. So it doesn't really help the Leno jr. Scenario. It doesn't, but if Christian Darasaw from Virginia Tech, um, Caleb Farley's teammate, is there at, at twenty, like that's an immediate. That's somebody that, depending on how Charles Leno plays throughout the season, and I know he has a, a pretty good cap hit. You may see Darasaw a little earlier than expected. Maybe Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame, who's also played left tackle there, and you know the connection between the Bears and Notre Dame players is. There's a bunch of them, a bunch of Irish already on the Bears roster, so that could be potential fit. But I think the Bears, like you said earlier, well, they need to start if they need to start kind of thinking down the road a little bit. And Charles Leno Jr. has been trending in the wrong direction, so that would be a good way of kind of addressing that position. Absolutely. And the last one is about Anthony Miller. Could he still be traded? And I saw a question from Casey in the chat, kind of secondary one, so I think it makes sense to ask it as well about Anthony Miller. What's the lowest pick that you would give up for Anthony Miller? Say he's still around on a draft day type of trade. Look, I don't know what you're getting for Anthony Miller. I, I, I think fans thinking that you can get like a fourth or maybe in a fifth. I think that's kind of out of the question for, for Anthony Miller. He hasn't really produced. And I know the bears gave up 
uh, you know, good amounts just to get him in that second round in, in 2018. So, look, I think uh, Ryan Pace is going to sell for like a six-round pick or something like that. That's what I, I honestly do believe he'll get for a guy like Anthony. He probably has a lot of upside. I think he can play. I, I do believe that. But I if he can get a fifth, that's a win. If he can get a fifth-round draft pick, that's a win for, for Ryan Pace, the Bears, to get out of Anthony Miller. But I just, I just don't see that happening. Would you give up? Would you take a fifth for him, or would you just keep him on the right? I mean, he catches 45, 50 balls a season. I mean, he has production. Is that worth a fifth-round pick? And I know Darnell Mooney is a fifth-round pick, and but you can't find Darnell Mooney every year. No, you can't. And I wonder if it's almost to the point where this is the second time now that what Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter has like kind of put this out there. I think the Bears want that out there. Like that's how it kind of works. The Bears will probably call up one of these guys, like, hey, we're we're trying to get some some more uh eyes on on Anthony Miller because we want him out. So you call up one of those guys, let them know that. And I, I wonder if it's almost gonna become awkward for Anthony Miller and the Bears. Like try to trade me twice throughout the offseason. Like I don't I don't know. We know how Anthony Miller is. He's pretty emotional kind of guy plays uh you know you see that you saw that in the last game he played he punched someone right in the face um so i think that it's it could be tarnished I, and i don't know that not that's just speculating here but if a fifth round draft pick comes in we know what pace can do do in the fifth round i take it i would take a fourth probably no questions asked if we get down to that fifth round territory I would need to be super confident that they're, they're going to pick someone up that can kind of fill that void. That's still a lot of production that you need someone to step up into. And looking at the roster, I don't have faith in Riley Ridley to do it. I don't have faith in Javon Wims to do that as well. So I would need to have a plan in place. And you're looking at then one of your top, I would say, three picks of this draft. Better go to that position to kind of fill that void. And I know you had a guy... I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. I know you're you're coming on board with my guys, but I'll remember you had a slot guy third round that you kind of liked last week that could maybe I, I can envision that being an interesting scenario as well. If you give up like a fifth, but then you use a third to replace him. Yeah, that would be an interesting one. I see the the comment here, Blue Bear seventy seven. Maybe a win isn't quite the the right phrasing but yeah for a second round draft pick to to then turn him into a fifth rounder it yeah it's not the best scenario for sure but if you can at least get something like look you didn't get anything for kyle fuller right like the bears have they've been been striking out on these kind of situations here so anything that you can get a return i think you're a little happy with it because you couldn't even get anything for kyle fuller i think really covid and everything kind of messed with the the market that there was for corners but yeah, so I think Ryan Pace will probably pat himself on the back. I got a fifth rounder for the second rounder that I trade up for. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting situation to kind of watch, though. Still still better than no return, as we've seen a few guys walk without getting any of those uh, as well. So I'll move on to the next question. Uh, and then this is our last one that we can kind of discuss. Uh, we can discuss all of them, but then we can go a little bit more quicker in a rapid fire to kind of close out the show. Uh, so our last bigger question. Comes from Ken over at Windy City Gridiron. He's the Den dude. Uh, he wants to know if uh, we can choose one road trip this year to go see a Bears game. All expenses paid. Uh, what would we choose? And he also wanted to make sure he understood that this was not an offer that he was giving us, which I found very unfortunate, but I, I'm still reluctant enough to go ahead and throw this question in. 
So Nick, if you can take a road trip to any of the away games this year, where would you go? Just say where. I want to figure out where our locations are going. We'll kind of approach this like the Russ question earlier. Yeah, I'm going to Las Vegas. Okay, see, you already lost, so that's excellent. Uh, A, because the real answer for you is nowhere, because you don't do road trips. True, true. I, I know that. I can't even get you down to Indianapolis in a car, so I don't know how I can get you to Las nope. Vegas in a car. I had a hard well, enough time getting so, you to Canton in a car. Yeah, I mean, that was a fun road trip, though, but where, where are you going? I want to hear where you're going, and then I'll detail why I want to go to Vegas afterwards. Well, I'm going to just drive right through it. I'm going to L.A. I want to go see the Rams game. That's something I wanted to do last year. I wanted to go to L.A., that new stadium. Uh, I can get into all the reasons why, but I would go to L.A. Uh, over Vegas, if we can choose. Yeah, so, okay, and that was that was my second option, but here's why. So, And you probably would be the same route. I was looking at you know maps, how long it would take, and things like that. And I don't know how long we have to make this road trip happen, but so... To go from where I'm at to Vegas, you would have to go through Iowa. So I'd stop at Iowa City. Maybe it falls during the college football season. Stop by Kinnick Stadium, which I haven't been to in a while. Get a big-ass turkey leg that they have on game day there. Oh, it's delicious. The only thing, though, it dries your mouth out so fast. You need to have enough barbecue sauce to eat that thing. It's it's huge. Um, so get to hang out there in Iowa City. Then you have to, unfortunately, drive through Nebraska. So I just have in my notes, get the hell out of Nebraska as fast as possible. Then you drive through Colorado to kind of get there, do some sightseeing, some hiking. I was there for a couple hours when I when I covered the Bears and Broncos joint practice, so I would love to get an opportunity to go back there. And then you finally, then you could drive through Utah and get to Vegas and just to experience that. Because I went when I wasn't 21. It was the last time I was at Vegas. It was a family trip. So go back, actually experience Vegas. And, I mean, that would just be a fantastic time. So that's how I have it all laid out for my road trip there, Will. And that's why I ended up picking – Bears versus Raiders, whenever that happens. You'd be complaining before we even got to Iowa. Like, we'd, we'd be in the <laughs> car. Like, no, I would just turn around. I will fly to Vegas. Will you enjoy your trip? And I know how that would go. Like, I already can envision all that. And I would hit all the stops. You give me the little map of all the things I have to do. And I just like Photoshop you mm -hmm. in at the end. And it'd be a good time, <laughs> though. Uh, and the, the road trip would be a very identical. We just have to go a, a little bit further to California and go to LA. I've never been to the West coast. Uh, so I think that would be amazing to go see the Pacific. Uh, obviously, uh, I've been a big fan of the Rams stadium, the stadium in LA, uh, ever since I stumbled across the show, like one in the morning science channel of them building it and just like watching the structure come together. And even though it was built, I was like, Oh my gosh, are they going to get this done? Like they're like putting the time crunch on and I don't know. It's a really neat place to, to go. And uh, unfortunately, there's no fans in it last year. So it's that empty. So we got to get a little return on investment there. Um, but going to L.A., uh, again, Pacific Ocean, uh, we can go to the game. Uh, we can go catch some improv shows with some of like the young upcoming talent in Hollywood, see someone before they get famous, do the Walk of Fame, uh, check out the Hollywood sign. Uh, I'd always wanted to go to a recording of The Price is Right uh, ever since I was a kid. Uh, so I tried to find a way to make that happen. Uh, Nick, you know me. I'd find a way to run into a celebrity. So I think it'd be a great all-around time. Uh, so that's why I would do it. And by the way, uh, BlueBear77 in the chat, uh, he mentioned he was there with us in Miami on our trip a couple years ago, which is the last big trip we were able to do uh, that I still hold uh, very uh, dear to myself as one of the best things that we've ever been able to do to this podcast. That Yeah, that was such an amazing trip. And it would be awesome to get to do something like that in the near future. But I love how people in the chat like are giving me gambling advice. I definitely need it because I, I don't 
I don't gamble. Like, do blackjack, only take this amount of money, you know, do all this stuff. So thanks for the tips, you guys. And if we make that happen, I will definitely have to do some gambling. Yeah, I've uh, always gotten close, like whenever I took cruises with the wife. And I always wanted to take all of our cash and be like, all right, we'll put it all <laughs> on black. And either we're going to have a double the fun or none of the fun. But we're here and we're on the boat. And uh, I never got the green light to do that. Uh, so, yeah, Vegas will be fun for the for that experience. I think L.A. has its own set of perks uh, that would be exciting for me as well. And I played enough GTA. I should know how to get around uh, without any maps. So we're good. Is that, is that <laughs> how it go. works? I, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it works. The same exact <laughs> layout. You could just jump, you know, jump in cars and do all that stuff. It's exactly the same. All right. Thanks for the question, Ken. That was a really good one. Uh, let's go ahead, and I'm not saying wrap things up. We still have seven questions here, but a little bit more rapid fire. Uh, first one comes from Simon, uh, unless this one's a Simone, uh, since Raymond and Ramon got me earlier, so I'm going to say Simon. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm probably wrong again. Um, but he wants to know, were the Bears right to hold out on Allen Robinson, just given the way that the wide receiver market kind of settled in free agency? I'm really curious your thoughts there, Nick. I I feel like still I would love a long-term deal for Allen Robinson. Yeah, I think that should have been the the result that should have happened by now. And they have until, what, mid-June to kind of get that situated. I really don't think it's going to happen. But the wide receiver market was, I think, a little bit lower um, in terms of what like Kenny Galladay and guys like that were getting. And Allen Robinson would have gotten more. So this franchise tag, it, it it's underpaying Allen Robinson. So it's good for the Bears financially. Is it good for Allen Robinson personally? No, he deserves more than that. So it works out in the Bears' favor in terms of their pocket money. But, yeah, like you, I would have liked to have seen Allen Robinson locked up long-term because he's the best player, you know, arguably the best player on the Bears, but definitely the best player on offense. Next question comes from Carrot Panda. Uh, if we win a playoff game with Andy Dalton, do we lock him down for a couple of years and have a rookie sit behind him? I want to roll out a rookie sitting behind him this season. Uh, but I'll digress. Uh, for me, honestly, it'll depend on what the season even looked like, uh, you know, and also that game. Uh, did the Bears just sneak into the seventh seed a- again and, you know, won a single playoff game but got torched in a divisional round? And also, did Andy Dalton propel us to victory or is he just on the team? Those are things that are kind of on my mind right now, and those are the variables for me. Uh, if he came here, he played ball, led this team to the playoffs, keyword, led this team, and then also had a good postseason win to be proud of. And and we all felt like there's a little bit more potential. Okay. I think those are a lot of what ifs and a lot of things have to happen between here and there. But if that happened, then I can envision that being a potential scenario. But uh, again, to me, it's not winning the playoff game. It's how you got there and what Andy Dalton's role was in it. How about you, Nick? What if it was an eight and nine season similar to what just happened last year? Dalton's a quarterback and you know, the end to the wild card, whatever it would be like that. I could, that's so bears, which it, yeah. you know, could end up happening, but I, it all like, it's a lot of ifs. Like if it's Dalton, if Dalton's the reason why they got to the playoffs and a actually winning record, uh, you know, not 10 and six, it would be, 10 and seven. It's so weird to say um, oh, it's going to take is, uh... time to get, get used to that, but they do that. They show improvement. The offense is actually looking better. We maybe you could talk about, you know, extending a contract there, but a lot of what ifs and like Andy Dalton said in his press conference, he, he sees himself ending his career in Chicago. Is that just a year 
where he ends his career, like after 2021, or does he actually foresee something coming after that? It's all going to depend on how he plays and what Matt Nagy can, what Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor can do with him as quarterback. Agreed. To me, winning a playoff game is not the benchmark that I'm going to put as the decision maker between keeping him past this season or letting him go. Uh, there's just the whole sample size needs to be taken place. But I love the question and the optimism because I haven't even gotten that far in my own thought process yet. Uh, looking forward to this upcoming season. Uh, next up from Orlando, would you trade up to get Kyle Pitts? Uh, which also, by the way, Orlando asking a question about Pitts, who's coming out of Florida. I thought that was interesting. Uh, but Nick, would you trade up for Pitts? I already said I wouldn't trade up for anybody that wasn't a quarterback, but that is a guy, credit to whoever said this on, on Twitter, but he's a unicorn. He is one of a kind to where, like, you have matchup problems with anybody that you put on. You, have to, you would have to put – corners are too small. Safeties, I don't think, are agile enough. Linebackers can't keep up. Like, that's a mismatch nightmare. Do you have the quarterback in the offense to get, get, get the most out of him is a question. But I think for the Bears, they wouldn't trade up. If I'm there, he's still available. You're like, ooh, it depends how much you have to give up and things like that. But he's going to be a hell of a player and so much fun to watch. But I'm going to say no. Uh, you know what? I said don't trade up 100 times in this episode. Would I in real life? Gosh, I mean, it's so hard because, like, even though you don't have that quarterback, you can find a Well, it depends. If you trade up three first-rounders, are you ever going to find that quarterback to get the most out of them? I guess that's the big question. Oh, your light was. Uh, did you, was did you see that? Yeah, yeah. like just glowing. <laughs> it's uh, the Zeus thing that was happening earlier. Actually, well, I think it also depends. What's your situation as a GM? Are you just in the bear spot right now, or are you maybe the Dolphins, where or, or something like that, where maybe mm-hmm. you're just getting a new coach? You're in the second, what year two, year three? Like it depends on what situation you're in, or if you're Cincinnati or something like that, where you're just kind of establishing things and you move up to go get kind of you know. Kyle Pitts like I think it depends on your situation are you sitting comfortably in your front office or is it damn near burning on fire and you need to do stuff right now that's all going to determine what you should and shouldn't do he's a special player uh, and he's going to be a special player in this league for quite a while out of the Bears reach I don't envision Ryan Pace has the green light to trade up uh, for anyone that's not a quarterback uh, at this stage but Boy, could he just something? Could he just fall all the way down? Not even gonna happen. But all right, moving on. Uh, next question comes from Matt, wondering if the Bears should take a closer look at Colin Kaepernick. Uh, I'm gonna say no. That ship has sailed. Nick, you? Yeah, it's just um, it's been a long time since he's played quarterback, and exactly. you know it's still still unfair for what had happened with that situation. But yeah, that ship is um, well off it in the ocean. Can't even see it. It's gone. It's no longer no longer relevant at this point, I think. It's not evergreen. There you go. Yes. See? Because it means it's not relevant. Also, the, the ship. I thought that was excellent mm-hmm. on the spot. Uh, banter I was able to provide you. And you just <laughs> head nodded me. So, okay. Uh, next question <laughs> comes from Carlisle. Car? Yeah. Yeah. C-A-R-L. C-A-R-L-Y-L. Is it, it's not Carly, right? I am completely missing where this question's at in the oh I see e, uh how do you what'd you say? Carlisle. 
Sure. <laughs> I'm so sorry for the the for you <laughs> who asked this question. <laughs> I need everyone to say, "Here's my name." Well, this is how you pronounce it in the most foolproof way, foolproof way possible. But see, let's get to your question real quick. Uh, is the fact that Pace brought brought in an aging backup, uh, which is a lot of removed from Foles? Yeah, we we get that. Uh, is this foreshadowing Pace has a longer leash? And his job isn't on the line that much moving forward. And are we as Bears fans just kind of doomed for that, you know, uh, mediocrity or worse for the next five years with pace? And I think we've kind of discussed that a little bit in some previous episodes of kind of the fear of getting stuck in that rut uh, that we're kind of in where we're not one of the bottom feeders of the league, but we're definitely not contending. And we're just in that minutia of just, you know, inadequacy. And uh, I think that's a real concern amongst Bears fans. What are your thoughts? Yeah, for at son of a beauty for the the at name that is there. Um, I, I, it's like with where the Bears are at and where they have been, they just haven't moved the needle with anything that they've done. So, is this foreshadowing what pace um having a long leash? I I don't think that's I don't think that's the case. I don't think he has a long leash, and you know I think depending on who you ask, you'll get a different answer because obviously maybe that move indicates that, but I don't believe so i think this is truly his last season to prove that he could be a competent gm and build a winning football team yes you had the 12 and 4 season but eight and eight consecutive back-to-back seasons is not going to do it and it shouldn't be this should not be the standard for which this organization you know says that's a good job we want to keep more of that around here no so i don't think it's an indication that he's going to keep this job moving forward he has to show some kind of progress and you know Andy Dalton was Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's collaborative move. We'll see how it plays out. Next up, we have a question from Bacon. I wanted to know if Alex Bars is under shot to compete to start on the line this year. The more I think about it, the more I say probably not. Uh, Do the Bears think he's one of the best five linemen on the team? I don't think so. Uh, Just looking at the moves that they've made this offseason to bring back a Fetty, bringing in... Who's that other tackle? I I, for, I did forgot what his name is. Is it Blackman or is Blackman on defense? Defense Wilkinson is that um, Wilkinson from Denver? We, mm-hmm. It's too many eh, kind of guys, and that's where we're at here. I put that or my notes earlier. Don't forget to remember who that was, and then so I, I was close, <laughs> but not really, not at all. But looking at those moves, I don't think it spells Bars has a green light to compete. And even if he did, where? If you're going to keep white hair at guard, Daniels is your other guard. Is Bars your center? No. Is he going to play tackle to start? I don't think so. Uh, so for me, probably not is going to be my answer. Anything you want to add? Swing tackle. Maybe that could be the That's spot not a starting that... role. Well, he said earned a shot to compete to start on six line. I think I think it was like a typo for offensive line or off line, and then the phone. Went to six or six, like the six guy. I, I get like, that's how I was thinking. That's how I took it. It's like the swing okay. tackle. Like you can yeah, look at maybe it that could be. Want. So that's that's but not the starting. No way. But that sixth guy on the line. Sixth guy on the line. Maybe maybe that's who, who knows. But swing tackle. That's where I think Alex Bars should be aiming for. But look, the right tackle position technically should be looked at right now as a competition because is Elijah Wilkinson. Uh, much better than Jermaine Defetti or or even Alex Bars. I don't know. But I think that's the mindset should be I should try to compete for this right tackle, but I think swing tackle is what he should be probably aiming for. 
And last but not least, question comes from Furious George on Twitter. Why does George, Ted, Ryan, and Matt all actively hate us? Uh, what I thought of throughout the day was, I don't think it's really that they hate us. They just don't care about our feelings. Uh, you know, we're always passionate, supportive of the, of the team. And since we are so supportive, you know, buying merch and going to games, it's all the same to them. They get the profits at the end of the day. So for us, I don't think it's so much as hate as more of a disinterest. Uh, that's just my thought. What about you? Yeah, I don't think any of the guys actively hate the fans. They like. I think George McCaskey. I think he, he is just a fan, and that's why he shouldn't be anywhere. That that. Yeah, see, yeah. So no, this is a shot because I think he's a fan that's doing way too much. Like you're you're a fan, dude. Just play your your role right and get out of the front office or any kind of decisions that you could possibly have. That's why the Bears are in, I think someone put it, stuck in mediocrity. And that you hear that very often when you talk about the Bears. So um, I don't think they actively hate us. We hate them when they don't win. I, you know, feelings probably mutual when you hear all the crap that Bears fans are talking about this team year in and year out. But when you don't have the right people at the top making the right decisions, and you're, you know, like I always hear the phrase when George McCash said, Ryan and Matt are our football guys there's like a little like a hesitation <laughs> like he's that. reading that oh, yeah. next <laughs> slide it kills me every time guys. <laughs> <laughs> football <laughs> guys so see that's what's wrong they need to get out of there so the bears can actually do make progress and not be that mediocre media i can't even talk right now be mediocre football team that they have been you know outside of 2018 <laughs> for a while now so that's my feeling they don't hate us but man I just think the wrong people are at the top right now, Will. George doesn't hate us. He is us. That's the best thing that came out of this whole episode. <laughs> we see him all the time, too. <laughs> or yeah. yeah, You're right. I haven't... You haven't won. Sorry, George. No, oh, no, nothing. Um, I, I said I have. I was going to say I haven't seen him at Bears Fit in a while, um, but I, did. I have seen Juan Castillo. He's been there. Lifts a lot of weight. He's a strong old man. <laughs> well if you uh, i'm not surprised i, I still think you gotta yeah, just sure. you gotta sneak into his circuit one day uh, yeah he does some weird stuff and that's why the bears are where they are they just do weird stuff up there we're at house hall uh, it all stems from the top down but i don't have any other questions that came in i thought uh this was a really strong group of questions uh, i know a lot of it was draft focused, which makes a lot of sense right now and then I, I thought the chat was pretty engaging and adding in a few as we went. So anything else that you wanted to discuss before we sign off? No, I, but I'm so down to do this again. So with everyone that sent in questions and anyone who didn't, like, let's let's make this a thing. This is a lot of fun to do. And it was interactive between the people in the chat and hopefully um, people who did submit questions listen to this episode like, oh, they answered my question. So that's that's what we're here for. And they were really, you know, good discussions and we got laughs out of it as well. So this is that's what it's all about. So I'm, you know, looking forward to the next time we can, you know, pick our our, our fans brains and see what they're thinking and we can answer on the next podcast. And no, we're not going to answer your question, Don Burr Sr. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know even, what Don I asked. I didn't see it, but I don't even <laughs> want to know. And we're just going to leave it at that. Nick's scrolling up to maybe find it. But, no, I think we got to find a good schedule to do these on a more consistent basis. I know when we had a little bit of a larger hosting panel, mailbags were something we were able to kind of accomplish a little bit more consistently, and I think it would be a fun way to, even if it's like once a month, like a monthly mailbag, 
that would make a lot of sense. And I think that'd be a, a neat way to keep engaging uh, with all of you out there listening. So if you want to submit your questions in the future, uh, it's a good reason to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, as well as follow us on Twitter. Uh, but I want to thank all the Bears fans who took the time to listen to this podcast. Uh, again, whether it's here on YouTube or any of the live streaming services and on any podcast app imaginable. There's like a million of those nowadays. It doesn't matter how you consume our show. Uh, Nick and I, we really do appreciate each and every one of you. We'll be back next week as we kind of continue our draft preparations. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.